TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. Good morning! Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's time to wake up. <laughs> it's five. And we're live. Oh, is this thing on? I don't care. I want him to hear. This is the pregame show. Your early morning shot of sports on 95.7. The game. Come on. Hey, welcome in, everybody. Kyle Madsen filling in for Stephen Lankford. Just today, last day, Stephen will be back tomorrow. Rocking with you from 5 until 6 o'clock. And that's where Stephen resides. He's hanging out with Joe Shasky today on the morning roast from 6 to 9. But before that... We've got a ton to dive into from last night in the sports landscape. We have another Giants win in the classic Giants fashion. Logan Webb shoved. He was terrific. We'll dive into that. We'll talk a little bit about uh, Camilo Doval as well. There's some other other really fun stuff that happened around MLB last night that we will dive into. Of course, we'll get into Clayton Kershaw being pulled from his perfect game. And then we're two weeks away from the NFL draft. And I want to talk a little bit about the draft since that's something that in this area with, with the 49ers and, and Raiders too not picking in the first round. I think the Niners pick at 61 and the Raiders are at like 83. So waiting a long time if you're a football fan in this area for, for the NFL draft. Oh yeah, there it is. I can't wait. That sweet, sweet sound. So we'll, we'll get into some NFL draft stuff. And another Debo Samuel update. This one, definitely more positive, and it's not related to social media. So we'll get into that as well. But off the top, we have to talk about the Giants' win yesterday. They beat the Padres 2-1 to one and looked like they, the, like they were the best team in baseball last year, the best regular season team in baseball last year, and they looked very much like that exact same team this year. When they take a 2-1 lead, it feels like they're ahead 6 to nothing. Like the way they go about beating teams, I think the Giants have to be if you're if you're an opponent, the most frustrating team in the league to play against. Because what you're looking at if you're the Padres, you have one slip up in this series where you gave up 13, okay. You lose that one. But then the rest of the series, you allow a combined four runs. And somehow you leave San Francisco losing the series. That's got to be demoralizing. And this is now going back to last season. This is 168 times that the Giants have done this to teams. Or that they've played this style of ball. 
And teams know now going in, like teams aren't looking at Pakota projections. They're not looking at, they're just going off what they know based on playing this team. And the Giants are not, I don't want to call them a buzzsaw because like, you look at what, you look at like a team like the Blue Jays or a team like the Phillies or even to a lesser extent, a team like the Angels or the Astros and you you understand why that team is is terrifying why that team is a buzzsaw but with the giants it's different and i think that makes it worse because when you're going into a game against we'll, we'll say the phillies just because that lineup it's like Kyle Schwarber leading off and then it's like Bryce Harper's in there and Nick Castellanos like that lineup's loaded right so when you go in against the phillies you just kind of know like all right buckle up like, we know what guys we need to get out. With the Giants, you can't do that. And then, as their lineup, and again, they didn't they didn't rake yesterday. They had, they had four hits and they scored two runs. But that's we'll, we'll get to why that matters in a minute. Because the Padres go up 1-0. They get, they get a run off Logan Webb. And Logan Webb then proceeds to go eight innings, four hits. That's the only run he allowed. He struck out seven. He was just superb but on the other side Sean Manaya six innings four hits two runs he struck out six and then the Padres bullpen comes in or Stephen Wilson rather they only had one reliever yesterday Stephen Wilson comes in he strikes out five over two innings the Padres did everything right but it didn't matter because the Giants came up and got a Luke Williams double that scores Mauricio Dubon and Elliot Ramos in the second inning the Giants go ahead 2-1. to one, And it's game over. And it's not like... It's not like the Padres went in going, hey, as long as we stop Luke Williams. They did... They Austin Slater let off yesterday, went 0-4. for 4. Darren Ruff, they held to 1-3 for 3 with a walk. Um, Wilmer Flores was 1-3. for 3. Elliot Ramos didn't have a hit in 2 at-bats. Tyro Estrada didn't have a hit in 3 at-bats. Joey Bart didn't have a hit in 3 at-bats. Joey Bart DH'd yesterday, by the way. Kirk Casale behind the dish. He was 0 for 3. Like, they they did it. They shut down the Giants' best and biggest hitters. They kept them in the ballpark. The team that led Major League Baseball in home runs last year. Kept them in the ballpark. Had their leadoff guy going 0 for 4. Had the couple guys, the couple young guys with pop in their lineup going 0 for. It doesn't matter. And that has got to be infuriating if you're the if you're the Padres. You did everything right. And you lost. And we saw that time and time again last year. And I don't think that that's something that's going to regress. Because the Giants are going to continue to pitch. That was what we knew off the rip. We knew that from from day one. It's Logan Webb. It's Carlos Rodon. Webb, who came on last year, Rodon, their big free agent signing. That's a great one-two. And if you can have a great one-two, you're going to put yourself in a very good position to not, not A, go on a ton of losing streaks, but B, you're going to be in a good spot to win a lot of series. But then after that, it's DiSclefani, it's Wood, it's Cobb. DiSclefani wasn't great, but he was fine. Wood, not great, but fine. And Cobb was very, very good. This is an excellent rotation. And they're going to figure out how to push a couple runs across, and that's going to be enough. 
And the frustrating thing for opposing teams is, what do you do about that? What do you what do you do? What are you doing? I just don't. I don't. What are you doing? I don't know. Okay. So the Giants beat the Padres two to one. Camilo Doval comes in. He walks one. He strikes out two. He did load the bases. But it was fine. He got it done. He made it interesting, right? But the 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 thing I've taken away, the Giants have played six games. There's 156 more games. But that's math. But I think one of the one of the things that really jumps out to me about this Giants team is that last year they just didn't quite they didn't quite have enough come playoff time. They just they didn't have enough to get over the hump. And we saw the A's do that time and time again using a similar formula to the one the Giants have used and Farhan has used. Of course, he came up in the A's organization. We've seen them time and time again fall just a little bit short because when you're mixing and matching and you have your Austin Slaters and your Darren Ruffs and your Steven Duggars and your Roma Flores and your Tyro Estradas, although pause real quick, I think Tyro Estrada is just a really good player. Like I think he's a legitimate everyday MLB second baseman, but that's a different conversation. You have you have your Joey Bart, your homegrown guys like that, your Luke Williams. He had the two RBIs yesterday. But the problem is when you get to the postseason, those matchups don't work in a short series. They work over 162 games. You can play mix and match, but when you get into a short series and you're seeing a team's three a playoff team's three best pitchers, it becomes very, very hard to play those matchups to an advantage that allows you to beat a more talented team in a seven-game set. But this Giants club feels a little bit different because I think Joey Bart is an everyday player. He went 0-3 yesterday, but he just looks like he has an idea at the plate and he hits the ball hard. Elliot Ramos, he got sent down to Sacramento because on this road trip, the Giants not going to face a ton of left-handed pitching, so they're going to make sure he gets every day at bats. I think that's smart. He's still very young. He's not going to gain anything from sitting on the bench and maybe pinch hitting a couple times in a major league game. Go hit every day in AAA. But a guy like Ramos, if he just develops and he's good by September, and you can just plug him into the middle of the lineup, and you can plug Joey Bart in the middle of the lineup, and if if you get one other guy to, to, to emerge, maybe it's Tyro Estrada, you get one other guy to emerge as like a go-to, like, yes, that guy's going to hit. And then you're able to throw in a short series. You're able to throw Logan Webb. You're able to throw Carlos Rodon. And then pick one of DiScalfani, Wood, or Cobb. If one of those three guys can just be a solid third starter in a playoff series, now all of a sudden you don't need to push across five or six runs. You have to piece together just a little bit of offense. And I think the the Giants are in a in a in a really, really good, really, really good place. Because in a game five, when you have to put your best pitcher up against another team's best pitcher, Logan Webb right now is gonna go toe-to-toe with anybody. I'm officially starting right now, by the way, the Logan, the, the Logan Webb Cy Young train. That's, that's the level that I think this kid is on. 
it wasn't just that he was good yesterday. It was that he was dominant just in every facet. When you watch enough baseball games, I'm sure people listen to this. Like you, you watch baseball and you know, you know by like the the second or third inning, like okay, this pitcher's got it today, or hey, this game's still hanging in the balance. When the Giants made it two to one, and then by the fourth inning we're still sitting there at two to one, and Logan Webb's just cruising. It's like this game's over, man. Or at least it is. Camilo Doval, like I said, made it made it very very interesting at the end, and he was, you know one bad pitch away from from things blowing up. But barring a catastrophe, that game was over. The Padres weren't going to push a run across against Logan Webb to tie it. And that's such a good spot to be in if you're the team that when the opponent comes into your ballpark or when that team comes into your ballpark, if you're the opponent and you're going, gosh, how in the world do you go about beating this team? You can't just shut one or two guys down. You have to shut the whole lineup down because they're going to figure out a way to pick up the slack. And when the offense isn't there, the pitching is going to be great. Any fear of regression? Like, there's going to be... I don't think they're going to win 107 again. Although, I was saying before the year, there's no way they're winning 107. Now, like, okay. You can push it... Unlock the door. Don't push it open, but unlock it. (laughs) Because this is just the same team it was last year. And I don't know if opposing teams, NL West or otherwise, are going to be able to come up with a good answer on what they need to do to take two out of three from the Giants. And if you're a Giants fan... That is a very, very good spot to be in, even if it is a little bit more um, ni- more nail-biting than you'd want it to be. Ideally, you'd win every game 6-1, to one, but that's not what this team's going to do. On the other side, we're going to go elsewhere in Major League Baseball where we had a terrific John Sterling call, the Yankees broadcaster. He messed up a little bit. Yeah, that's him. And then we'll talk about the Dodgers pulling Clayton Kershaw out of a perfect game. We'll hear from Dave Roberts. We'll hear from Clayton Kershaw. And we'll talk about whether that was a right or wrong decision next on the pregame show with Kyle Madsen on 95.7 The Game. Oh, boy. Now, back to the pregame show on 95.7 The Game. Kyle Madsen filling in for Stephen Lankford. Lankford will be back tomorrow. Nice guy, Stephen, filling in with Joe Shasky on the morning roast. That's coming up at 6 o'clock. I'm hanging out with you till then. Rumor has it they're giving away more Warriors tickets. My, oh, my. Yeah, tickets to game two. Oh, my God. Yeah, I think uh, YouTube.com slash nine. I said I think. YouTube.com slash 957thegame, Twitch.com slash 957thegame. You're going to want to lock into the morning roast there because, once again, they're going to have a word for you, and they're going to hold it up only on the video stream. They're going to be giving away two tickets to the Warriors. Game two against the Nuggets at Chase Center. So stay tapped in on the video stream all day. Honestly, you know, if you're at work, 
just pull that stream up and just have it in a tab and just check in every once in a while. They'll, they'll show it several times. Yeah. And then you'll get to go, and then when you win, hit me up and let me go with you. That's crazy. No, I don't think that's that crazy. I'm fun to go to a game with. You may not love listening to me on the radio, but I talk way less in person. And I'll buy drinks. Ah! I mean, I get... <laughs> I'm a vibes guy. So, like, if I get the vibe that you want me to not talk in person, I have to talk on the radio. But if I get the vibe that you're like, I'm out on this guy, cool. I'll buy drinks, I'll buy nachos, and we'll hang out and watch some hoops. It'd be a good time. I'm excited to see Chase in a in a playoff game. I think it's going to be pretty unreal. Giants beat the Padres two to one. They take two out of three from San Diego. But we're going to take a we're going to take a trip around the rest of Major League Baseball from last night because because we had we had some events early in the day. We'll start here. We'll start with Clayton Kershaw, who, if you haven't heard by now. Pitched against the Twins in Minnesota. And Kershaw went seven perfect innings. He struck out 13. And he was cruising. He was at 80 pitches. The Dodgers go down in the in the in the top of the eighth. Bottom of the eighth. Clayton Kershaw does not come out of the dugout. And instead, the Dodgers send out Alex uh, Vesia. And Kershaw's day is done. Seven innings, no hits, no walks, no base runners allowed, 13 Ks, 80 pitches. He had a perfect game. And they took him out. Manager Dave Roberts took him out. And this immediately, even more than the Mauricio Dubon bunt, I felt like that was kind of more internalized to the Giants-Padres game. And people that observed that game having takes on it and thoughts. Rod Carew also weighed in, which I thought was fun, but I felt like that was more kind of regional. The Clayton Kershaw thing just took over baseball for the rest of the day. He got pulled out at like 1 p.m. Pacific time, and people were still talking about it when I went to bed at 9. It just took over everything that happened in Major League Baseball last night. I think Dave Roberts, and it turns out Clayton Kershaw, made the right decision. You're shaking your head, Spadoni. I think they made the right decision. Clayton Kershaw, let me tell you why. I know Joe Spadoni, the technical producer, jump in here in a second. Clayton Kershaw's 34 years old. Clayton Kershaw has thrown a ton of major league innings. 2,461 and two-thirds career regular season major league innings. That doesn't even count the postseason. This guy has a ton of strain on that left arm. And we're already seeing signs of his decline, which happens when you're a dominant pitcher and you start to get into your early and mid-30s. Clayton Kershaw was, in the regular season, the most dominant, consistently dominant pitcher of his era. I know we don't like to talk about him like that, A, because we're in San Francisco, and B, because of his regular playoff shortcomings. But what Clayton Kershaw was in the regular season was undeniably great. 
He is going to go to the Hall of Fame. He is going to go into the Hall of Fame on a first ballot, and nobody's going to give a rip about his postseason lack of success. So what we've seen over the last couple seasons from him is a little bit of a decline. He's still good. He's no longer great. It's no longer, oh, Clayton Kershaw's pitching. He's going to go eight innings, and you're going to get four hits. And in those four hits, you better hope you score three or four runs. He's not that anymore. He's not that guy, pal. And with a short spring training, Kershaw didn't have the proper ramp up. He is still working through what would normally be he would normally be doing in spring training. He's not stretched out yet. We hear this all the time. And I think we are now, sports now, are so much more focused on the end result. Listen to what Dave Roberts said after the game on why he took out Clayton Kershaw. 80 pitches, and I felt that the stuff was starting to tick down. Uh, talking to Austin and Clayton himself. And so, you know, I think there's a point where you just got to decide, I got to decide to what end. And um, I'm as big a fan as anyone uh, and a fan of Clayton. And to see a a battery of him and Austin throw a perfect game or a no-hitter, I'm all in. Um, But again, to what end or to what cost? And so um, every decision I make is for the best interest of the player, uh, their health, and the ball club. Um, Because there's a lot of people that, you know, are cheering for the Dodgers, not only just for today and Clayton to throw a no-hitter, but for the Dodgers to win the World Series. He says to what end or at what cost several times there. And to what end, the obvious answer is, dude, he was throwing a perfect game. Those don't just happen. For, (laughs) I was going to say for most pitchers, for the very few pitchers that even come close, That is almost assuredly a very small percentage of pitchers take a perfect game into the seventh. An even smaller percentage of pitchers do it multiple times. And so for Kershaw to reach seven innings, 80 pitches, is... It's not unreasonable to say, hey, let him chase it. But we're in game... Five of the season. This is not... Check that. Yeah, game five of the season for the Dodgers. Had Clayton Kershaw gone out for the eighth and had to throw 15 pitches to get out of the eighth? Let's say he has a perfect game. He gets 15 pitches. Now he's at 95. Now he's taking a perfect game into the ninth. Are you pulling him then? Are you letting him go get it? Now let's say he has to throw 20 pitches to get out of the ninth. Now he has 115 pitches on a left arm that is not properly, like he's been training and getting his body ready at a certain rate for more than a decade. Going on a decade and a half. Jesus, he's been in the league a long time. Going on 15 years. And if you suddenly, no pun intended, throw a curveball at that body and at that left arm, it could really cause damage, whether it's an injury or whether it's just long-term strain. Where he doesn't, he's never quite right after stretching out his arm too early. 
I don't think this is a matter of oh baseball now and stats. I don't think it's that. I think it's very much this is this is something that's driven by the Dodgers training staff. I'm sure there are data and numbers and 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 facts behind the injury risk of a 34-year-old throwing more than 80 pitches in his first start of the year. I just I don't I don't know if if chasing a perfect game because it wasn't it's not guaranteed. Dave Roberts even said Kershaw and 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 the catcher Austin Barnes thought that his stuff was ticking down. So you take him out. Like teams now are focused on winning championships. We see this. We have this this tracks with the debate about player rest in the NBA. We it's no longer about the regular season. Teams are trying to get through the regular season and everything that happens in these 162 games, especially for a team like the Dodgers that expects to be in the mix. These 162 games are about what happens in October and how can you be most ready for October. And for Clayton Kershaw, the best way to him for, for him to be most ready for October was to come out after 80 pitches. Here's what Clayton Kershaw said after the game. Yeah, it's hard. You know, I feel bad for for Barnsey. You know, Barnsey did such a great job, and it's fun to get to catch one of those. And so I, I wanted to do it with Barnsey. You know, um, it'd be special. And but at the end of the day, those are those are individual things. Those are those are selfish goals, and we're trying to win. You know, and um, that's that's really all we're here for. And as much as I would have wanted to do it, I've, I've thrown 75 pitches in a sim game. You know, and I hadn't gone six innings, let alone seven. And sure, I would have loved to have do it, but. You know, maybe we get another chance. Who knows? To me, to me, that says, yeah, would he have liked to have done it? Yes, but he also understands the risk that comes with that. And chasing a perfect game is not worth... Okay, so if he gets hurt, go ahead. It's okay to be selfish sometimes, though, Clayton. It's okay. There's only been 23 of these but in history of Major League Baseball. But this is a guy that has regularly been dragged for his failures in the postseason. That is what he's focused on at this point. He's done everything in the regular season. He's done everything there is to do. A perfect game is not gonna is not gonna change people's minds about Clayton Kershaw. Eight-time All-Star, World Series champion, NL MVP, three-time Cy Young winner, triple crown winner, won a gold glove, pitched a no-hitter. Uh, 2014. He's done everything, Kyle. Literally. That's everything other than maybe a World Series MVP. Right. Perfect game. Cherry on top of a career. See you later. <laughs> just throw the perfecto and get out. Just retire. Yeah. I'm chasing it and I'm I'd done, I'd respect Dave. it, honestly. That would have been, been incredible. If he's like, I'm chasing it and then I'm hanging him up. See you later. I'm gone. I think they did the right thing. We've got something else. Another incredible thing happened. A player didn't get pulled last night. In fact, Vlad Guerrero Jr. had a game for the ages. We'll talk about that on the other side. And we have a a concrete Debo Samuel update that does not have to do with social media. And I think it's great news for the 49ers. We'll talk about that on the other side. Kyle Madsen in for Stephen Langford on the pregame show on 95.7 The Game. Yeah, well, yeah. Now, back to the pregame show on 95.7 The Game. 
Kyle Madsen hanging out with you. Up until 6 o'clock, filling in for Stephen Langford. Langford in for Bonte. Final day. Stephen Langford and Joe Shasky on the morning rows coming up at 6 o'clock. Bonte taking a few days off ahead of the Warriors playoffs, but he will be back tomorrow as we gear up for Game 1 of Warriors Nuggets on Saturday. We're actually giving away tickets to Game 2 all day on YouTube.com slash 957thegame, Twitch.com slash 957thegame. Stay locked into one of those streams all day because... Each show is going to be holding up a word throughout the day that you'll text in and then you'll be entered to win a couple of tickets to game two of the Warriors Nuggets series. So stay locked. Been talking about the Giants and their win over the Padres yesterday. Two and one, the Giants now four and two after their six game homestand to open the year. Won both series. They look like the same team that was just a thorn in Major League Baseball's side. I don't mean Major League Baseball, the league. I mean, I mean the other 29 teams. A thorn in the other 29 teams' side. Uh, they look to be on track to be very, very good. Again, we talked about the Dodgers pulling Clayton Kershaw. I want to talk about another thing that happened in Major League Baseball yesterday, and that is one Vlad Guerrero Jr. Bringing a drive deep to center field. Hicks on the run, out the truck, out the wall, and that is gone. That ball looked like it went over the fence. And Vladdy is going to go to second base. And Vladdy thinks it went over the fence as well. Hicks looked like he got his glove on it. But I think it hit something in the back of the fence and then came back in the ballpark. And if that's the case, that's a home run. Yeah, it's courtesy of Buck Martinez on Sportsnet. It was indeed a home run. It did go over the fence. That was number one for Vlad Guerrero Jr. Just a line shot straightaway center field. Unbelievable that the ball went out and a player that a lot of people thought would be the American League MVP put the Blue Jays up two to nothing. And then he came up in his second at bat. Swinging a drive, deep left field, get up, ball, get out of here, and gone! Vladdy Guerrero, you can step on my hand, but it's not going to hold me back. Well, they got one now, and it's a long one. That might have been more impressive than his home run his first time up. It was definitely more impressive than the home run his first time up. What Martinez is is referring to there is Vlad Guerrero Jr. got his right hand stepped on, and his I believe it was his right ring finger was just a bloody mess, and there was like skin hanging off of it. Totally disgusting. I have a weak stomach. Hated it. He doubled in his third at bat. Three for three, two homers, a double. Pretty good day, but he wasn't done yet. He is three for three so far. Check that. He's had one four-hit game, and Vladdy has done it again. Way back into the second deck. Have a night, Vladdy. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. Got clock at four. Doncic. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. 
Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device. Credit service ported. 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. If your day sounds like... We need the report ASAP. You deserve Medela. If you've persevered through... You deserve this rich golden lager with a crisp but refreshing taste. Or if you overcame... You deserve this ice-cold reward. Modelo, the markable fighter. Trick responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Well, no sooner that you get it out of his mouth, out of your mouth, that he's had one three-homer game, he's going to do it again. Four extra base hits. 14 total bases. Three home runs and a double. Not a bad game for Vlad Guerrero Jr. The Blue Jays go on to win 6-4. to four. Not only a tough night for the Yankees on the scoreboard, but a tough night for the Yankees in the broadcast booth. Here's John Sterling. Here's the 1-0. Swung on, there it goes. Deep left center. That ball is high. It is far. It is gone. But caught. At the wall, caught by Tapia. Boy, I thought that was gone. So Stanton got close. He sent Tapia back to the wall to make the catch. And the Yankees come up just empty. That would have tied the game. Boy. God. <laughs> There's two things you can do as a broadcaster in that spot. And John Sterling has now done both things. Remember, I believe it was, was it the playoffs last year or late last season? It was the AL wildcard game between the Yankees and Red Sox. That's right. And he thought that... I have the call, Kyle, if you want to listen to it. Do you have it ready? Let it rip. The pitch to Stanton. Drew, there it goes. Deep left. It is high. It is far. It is gone. Out of the ballpark. A Stantonian home run. Now, what did, what did I do wrong? What did I see wrong? He's at first base. Yeah, banged off the wall. It did not go. It was not a Stantonian blast. There's two things you can do there. John Sterling in that second call that we just heard, you can just go, wait, what? Like, what happened? What did I do wrong? What what did I do wrong? Okay. Or you can do what he did last night and just plow through it. Gone. You just go, gone, but caught. Oh, I thought it was out of here. Boy, Stanton comes up just short. It's the warning. Like, just calling like he did not just call a home run that wasn't. And John Sterling is is not a young pup anymore. I get that it gets more difficult. But man, he wants so badly for, for Giancarlo Stanton to hit home runs. And that's twice now that he's fooled him. And I get it because the ball comes off the bat, comes off Stanton's bat like a missile. And it sounds like a grenade. Go- like he just, and when he gets into one, he really gets into one. But that's tough. It's very tough. So a tough night for the Yankees. The Blue Jays win 6-4. Huge night for Vlad Guerrero Jr., who I think I said Logan Webb is the Cy Young favorite in the National League. And I don't mean that from like because I'm sure that there are other pitchers who have had really excellent starts to the year. But projecting over the 162 what I think Logan Webb is going to do, I just don't think there's going to be some massive regression. Is he going to go eight innings in one run every night? No. I I don't think that's necessarily the case. 
but I do think that he has the kind of stuff and the kind of demeanor, and this is this is a coaching staff and a team that he's never going to have like a stretch of three or four or five games where he's going four innings, six runs, five innings, four runs. I, I just don't think he's going to have these these crazy stretches where where it's just like, man, you know what? Logan Webb wasn't good in July. Might have a bad start here and there. But I think over the course of the year, we're going to see Logan Webb pretty continually shove. And then by the end of the year, the Giants are going to be sitting somewhere around 100 wins, sitting somewhere near the top of the NL West, and you're going to be able to circle their pitching staff and then point to Logan Webb as the as the head of that pitching staff. And I think it's going to it's it's going to earn him a lot of Cy Young consideration. Just like Vlad Guerrero Jr. who hit three homers last night that we just heard is going to get a lot of AL MVP com, uh, um, consideration. So far this season, fun with small sample sizes. He's hitting 391, he has four homers, he's driven in eight. He has an OPS that's on base plus slugging. So how often you get on base and and how many of those go for extra bases of 1373 1.373 a good one is like yeah, if you're sitting at like 850 900 but 1300 is a massive number early awards talk in the MLB season it's one of my favorite parts of baseball you can track that throughout the year uh the A's also got a win yesterday they beat the Rays 4 to 2 Sean Murphy who got into got into the news because of his rear end. A, vo- a video of him getting hit on the butt cheek with a pitch went viral. Huge butt. Like super viral. Look at that butt. Like the person that tweeted it had 300 followers on Twitter. And last I checked, it was at like 37,000 likes and like 10,000 retweets. That's that's crazy. He's gotten stronger in the ass. Yeah, I think he has because he hit a three-run homer last night. It propelled the A's to a 4-2 to two win. The big-time victory for the A's. They're sitting at 3-3 three and three after 6. If you told me they'd be 500 after 6 games in Philadelphia and then Tampa Bay, I would have been thrilled. And look at me. You know, put a red nose on me and call me a clown because here I am just like emotionally invested in a team that I don't think is very good. A team whose owner continually screws the fans over. A team that I said at some point during the offseason, probably not going to any games this year. Here I am. Texting with friends. Hey, we're going to opening day. They could be 0-6. They just suck me in. I don't know what it is about being a sports fan. Because you can just leave. Nobody's holding me accountable. There's nobody. It's not. I don't have to go to the A's house and get my things that I left over there. I don't have a toothbrush at the A's house that I have to go get. I don't have... Ah! <laughs> I, don't, I have a toothbrush in the Coliseum. Um, <laughs> I don't have... I think if you carried... Just carried a toothbrush into the Coliseum. Like, just had it there. You don't have to use it or anything or leave it there. If you just carried it in there, I don't think I would use it. I think just it being in the air in there, I don't want to put it in my mouth. So gross. It's really gross. There's feral cats there now, apparently, too. Yeah, there are. It's the new farm system. It's Cat Olson and Cat Chapman. Mm-hmm. But you can just leave. I can just choose. I'm wearing an A's hat. I can just choose to not be a fan anymore. I can just not watch the games. There's a million baseball games on yesterday. 
to watch or to listen to. I have a baseball. I have the Giants right here. If I'm if I need my fix of in-person baseball, I just go to Oracle instead. And nobody's gonna say anything. There's no consequences. But here I am fist pumping after a Sean Murphy homer. Here I am in the group chat with Joe Spadoni and Evan Giddings. Evan, the producer for for Steiny and Goo. We're all A's fans in the group chat talking about Lou Trevino. Shocked he didn't blow it. Shout out to him. He stinks. Frankie Montas trade value trending up after a very good outing last night. <laughs> Whatever, man. I hate to be this cheerful this morning. Yeah. So the A's won. Four to two. They're three and three somehow through Philly and Tampa Bay. I think by September we're going to look and go, hey, man, remember when the A's went three and three through their trip through Philly and Tampa Bay? More importantly, Kyle, there was no run in the first inning yesterday. Yeah, as that's you a know. big W. That's a big time W for you. Uh, tune in at 11.50 to find out what that means on Pick Your Battles with Willard and Tibbs. <laughs> the A's finish up that series today in Tampa Bay. 10-10 first pitch uh, between the A's and the Rays. I believe Cole Irvin going for Oakland. Skoducks. <laughs> there we go. Sticking in the Bay Area, though, I want to talk about the 49ers as we as we get set to hand it off to Steven and Shasky on the morning roast. That's coming up at 6 o'clock. Stay locked into YouTube.com slash 957thegame, Twitch.com slash 957thegame. They're going to have some tickets for you, or a chance to win tickets to Game 2 of the Warriors Nuggets series on Monday at Chase Center. That building's going to be electric. You're going to want to be there. So stay locked into the video uh, video streams for that. But another Bay Area team that's been in the news lately is the 49ers. And it's a downtime in the offseason. We're two weeks out from the NFL draft. The Niners don't have a first-round pick. We've talked about the NFL draft like none. This is usually the time of the year where we really start ramping it up. And, okay, what prospects are they looking at? Okay, where are they picking? Or looking at mock drafts. Who could go there? They're picking 61. Like, you don't even have a good idea at that point of who could be available at 61. Because by that point in a mock draft, mock drafts are guesses for the most part to begin with. They're educated guesses, but just guesses to begin with in the first round. After that, who knows, man? Who knows who could slide? Who knows what what happens on the board late in the first round and early in the second round and what the 49ers are left with at 61 when they pick? So the NFL draft, two weeks away from today. The Niners don't pick until two weeks from tomorrow, barring a trade-up into the first round, which I don't think is going to happen. But the other storyline that's that's really dominated this offseason very recently is Debo Samuel's contract extension. This is something the 49ers have said they were going to prioritize. We talked about it yesterday. Debo Samuel's social media, uh, scrubbing his Instagram, and then liking a photo that said, if it ain't $25 million, we don't want it. That's all we've heard on the Debo Samuel situation, but then Tony Paulina, the Pro Football Network, was talking with Trey Wingo on a podcast, and he had an update on Debo Samuel and the 49ers, and I think this is pretty good news. I'm told that uh, it's going to be, he's looking for $25 million a year, and I'm told, very good chance that the Niners meet that number, that the Niners uh, extend him at that number. Remember, they're not paying huge money for a quarterback. So they do yeah. have money to, to fool around with. And that guy is so important to that offense. The belief as of today 
is that the uh, the Niners will work with him to extend the contract at about $25 million per year. And that number sounds right to me. And again, thanks to Tony Paulina, the Pro Football Network, for that sound. But that sounds right to me. Like $25 million puts him up there among the top receivers, but it's less than the $30 million a year Tyreek Hill got. It's less than the $28 million a year Devontae Adams got. It's more than the $24 million a year Stephon Diggs got, but consider what he offers in the running game, and I don't think the 49ers are going to use him as much as they did last year. He got to 59 carries, but he averaged like seven a game over the last six or seven games. I don't think he's going to average seven a game for a whole 17-game season. Instead, I think what we'll see is... He'll probably sit around 60 or 65 carries, but those will be those will be stretched out more over the 17 games rather than compacting so many of them into the final six or seven games and into the postseason. I think we'll see them use it a little more strategically and maybe a little more creatively because ideally you're not putting that kind of workload on your number one wide receiver, that kind of running back workload on your number one wide receiver. But to get to that $25 million, and we said Stephon Diggs, who has been doing this for years, a, a, a number one type of receiver. He's been, he's been in the league for six, seven years now. He earned that $24 million a year. What the 49ers can do to justify that $25 is say, okay, we're giving Debo the, the wide receiver $22 a year and then sprinkling a little on the top for what he's going to contribute as a running back. That has been something that that I've looked at the entire time as kind of the ideal situation. He's probably going to want a little bit more because he scored eight rushing touchdowns last year. Like, that was a big part of their offense late in the season. And really throughout the season, it was get the ball to Debo, but specifically in the run game late in the year. So he's going to want some sprinkled on for that. You put on two or three million. And then say they're paying him 21 or 22 for a receiver. That's less than Stephon Diggs. It's less than Devontae Adams. It's less than Tyreek Hill. And then you keep what Michael Irvin called the tone setter for your offense. I think 25 million is a, is it a lot? Yeah, for sure. But we're going to see the cap spike here. They still have Trey Lance on a rookie contract. Like that's one of the, that's one of the big things about getting a rookie quarterback and then maximizing that window. The 49ers are doing that. They have Trent Williams, they have Fred Warner, they have George Kittle, they have Eric Armstead. They have all these guys that they've paid big money to. You get Jimmy Garoppolo's contracts off the books. You have a little bit more wiggle room this year after that, but then especially next year when the cap really spikes, you're going to have a lot of money to work with. And so, I think if you're San Francisco, is 25 more than you would ideally like to pay for Debo? Yeah, probably. I'm guessing when the season when the season was kind of rolling on and, and you saw the impact that he was having, because remember, he had, a, he had a good rookie year, but then got hurt in year two. So year three was going to be a little bit of a question mark. If he didn't really break out, I think they were going to make him play year four before deciding to extend him. But then he breaks out with 1,800 all-purpose yards and 14 touchdowns last year. And all of a sudden, it's like, okay, we're, we're going to have to really pay this guy. And I'm guessing that number that their ceiling just kind of ticked up throughout the season. And then if you're Debo, you see Christian Kirk, 
from Arizona, who's been good through his four seasons, but never had a breakout awesome year. Never been a thousand yard receiver the way the way Debo Samuel was last year, fourteen hundred yards receiving. You you see him get eighteen a year from the Jags, and all of a sudden, you know what? Maybe that ceiling that you had set for yourself pops up a couple million. And I think that's what's happening. I think if 25 is the number that, that Debo first came to the table with, I'm guessing the Niners will even be able to negotiate that down a little bit. And as we get closer to the draft, because if the Niners are trading him, they're going to want to do it before this year's draft. Because they're, they're going to want to get premium capital this year for Debo. And I think that they're going to want to make the most of that trade. If they wait until training camp and he's holding out, well, now all of a sudden you're getting a pick, but it's not until next year's draft. And now you're just losing Debo and you didn't get an asset this year for it. You're just actively making your team worse at that point. I don't think that that's something they're going to be interested in doing. So I do think if a Debo trade is going to happen, I think it would be happening in the next couple weeks. But the fact that there's been no reporting, like he's demanded a trade, or the 49ers are shopping him, or we Matt Mayoko came out and said that he he offered a reminder that Kyle Shanahan, when talking about you know trading players last year, said every every player is available for the right price. And that's true. If the Jets call the 49ers and say, hey, we'll give you three first round picks for Debo, guess what? He's gone. There's not a lot of players in the NFL that aren't available for three first-round picks. And so if they get overwhelmed by an offer, yeah, they'll move him. But I don't, I don't know if there's... Because the team trading for him is going to have to pay him. And I think they'll have the same kind of valuation issues with Debo that, that the 49ers do. And ultimately, he's too important for San Francisco to just let him walk. So I think they're going to do everything they can to work out a deal. And if $25 million is the is the the floor for Samuel that he says I'm sitting at 25 give me 25 mil or I'm a quit I think the Niners will get there they might have to move some money around and they might have to change a couple things long term but I think they'll get there and I think it's worth it if for no other reason like take the running stuff off the table like I just think he's an excellent receiver he was having a monster year before he started contributing in the run game as much as he did. And when you have Trey Lance, like the number one goal this offseason is help Trey Lance. What can you do to make the team as good as possible for Trey Lance in his first season as a starter? And trading Debo Samuel, even for a first-round pick this year, even if the Jets call and say, hey, we'll give you 10 and some other stuff for Debo. I don't know why they talk like that, but they do. They said, we'll give you 10 and some other stuff for Debo. And the Niners, the Niners move them. The chances are they player that they get at 10 is not going to be as impactful on their offense as Debo Samuel is. And now you have a first-year starter going in with Brandon Ayuk as the number one receiver. Juwan Jennings is number two, I guess. Like the receiver depth isn't great. And if you rip Debo Samuel from the top of that depth chart, I think you're going to have a little bit of an issue even if you draft a receiver with a first-round pick that you get back for Samuel. So I think this is a deal that's going to get done. I think that Tony Pauline report is very encouraging if you're a 49ers fan that wants to see Debo stick around. And to me, things are trending the right direction, even if his social media activity 
indicates otherwise. One quick Warriors note before we get out of here. Steph Curry participated in a full practice yesterday. He got through it fine. There was all sorts of video of his post-practice workout. He looked very good. He looked healthy. Um, but the big de- the big thing is when he wakes up today, how's his, how's his foot feel? If he feels good in scrimmages, the thing is going to be Friday. Uh, tomorrow, when he wakes up, how does that foot feel? So things are, tr- again, trending in the right direction for Steph Curry to play. I'm at a point where he's been off for enough time that I I would be surprised if he does not suit up in game one. And I think the Warriors can survive a game without him. But I also don't think that in a series like this that I think is going to be tough, I also don't think that you want to go down 0-1 at home, especially having to go to Denver, which is a very tough place to play. And I, I, I think they can win without him. I feel a lot better about it if he is playing. And like like we talked about yesterday, the big deal with Debo Samuel is, or not with Debo Samuel, but with Steph Curry, is this first round series, you have to ramp up. You have to, you have to figure out the things that you were supposed to figure out in the final month of the season. You're going to have to figure out in this seven-game series or in the five or six games or whatever it goes. And so getting him back as soon as possible, I think is paramount. Not only to winning in this series, but in winning uh, a second round and possibly a third round series. And then we're talking about the finals. So fingers crossed Steph Curry is back. That's my time for today. That's my time for this week. Thank you, everybody who tuned in and listened. Thank you, everybody who participated on the Xfinity Mobile text line. Thanks, everybody. Uh, Joe Spadoni and Sam Lubman who helped me out this week. And uh, thanks to Stephen Langford for letting me fill in for him. Stephen Langford and Joe Shasky on the morning roast are next. I'm Kyle Madsen. He's Joe Spadoni. We're on 95.7 The Game. Go! Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. Back clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You said my world on even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See t